0: Hello, Digital Cathedral family. Brace yourselves for an awe-inspiring journey on Don Keefley's podcast. Take a seat, find your comfort, and let's plunge into the heart of the divine. And now, the inspirational October 29th message, simply titled, Don't Settle.
1: Good morning, Digital Cathedral family. Glad to have you with me this morning. Hard to believe, but this is the last Sunday of October, 2023. And I'm especially glad to have you with me this morning because we're going to be making a uh, kind of a shift to transition this morning into where we want to go next Sunday morning. I told you at the start of the month that I was going to begin a group of teachings. I didn't call them a series. I called them a I likened it to a train. Every week I'm going to add another car to the train and we're going to continually build on what we did the week before because we have a target. Next Sunday morning, we're gonna start hitting the target. So I'll, let me explain what that target is, but before we do, let me just review for you because I want, I want all the first four Sundays of this month to settle into you so that when we, after we hit this morning, you'll be ready to move with me next Sunday morning. So let's review real quick, just from 30,000 feet, what we have been teaching this month. Uh, here's what we've learned this month. We're talking about, and the goal is this, we're talking about moving from the unseen supply to the seen. And I've been trying to lay foundation down all month long on getting you ready to where you can receive that, how to take the invisible and move it in to the visible. So that first Sunday of October, we did a message, we called it Heavy Revy. And it was the main revelation that Paul taught, heavy, heavy in that it's important. And if you don't get this down, and the revelation that Paul taught around which all of his revelation flowed was Christ in you. And he went through, I went through all kinds of scriptures to show that Christ was in everybody, from the Jews, the Greeks, the barbarians, even out there to the Scythians, that unevangelized group, of people never heard the gospel, never heard of Jesus. Christ was in them. Then second second week, October the 8th, we taught, no Bible, now what? And we began to change our focus from the Bible being the primary source of truth in our life to where we're learning to become dependent on the spirit of truth that abides within that Jesus promised would lead us into all truth. Then on the 21st, or actually the 15th of October, we talked about your authority as a son, Uh, I think the title was Your Sonship Authority, and in that teaching, we wanted to talk, we talked about the authority that you have to live out of the kingdom, to live out of this unseen dimension, out of this invisible realm, because you're a son of God. You're a son of God, absolutely, and you're learning how to manifest. This process that we're teaching is we're learning how to manifest as a son of God, uh, John said it like this. He said, "As Jesus is, so are we in this world." We're beginning to understand that. Then on the twenty second, we we taught. <laughs> I love the title on this one: "Grace Trumps Religious Labor." Grace trumps, or God's favor trumps religious labor. I think I use the word favor because it rhymes with labor. God's favor trumps religious labor, and so we talked in in that message about God's favor, God's goodness shines on everybody. The Father has already supplied us with all things. We went through scriptures like Peter where it says that he's given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's already been created in a realm of the unseen, and now it's just us learning to walk like Jesus and bring it into the scene. So this morning, this last Sunday of October, and then next Sunday, don't miss next Sunday because we're going to begin to talk about very practical ways. I want I want to help you to begin to move out of the unseen into the seen, from the invisible into the visible. So this morning, I want to talk to you about, and the title of the teaching this morning is very simply this, don't settle. Don't settle for less than what God has for you. Don't settle for less than the abundant life. Don't settle for less... Then Jesus uh, came to give us through his death, his burial, his resurrection, and ascension. He's given us everything. He said it is finished. There's no more to add to it. So don't settle. That's my message this morning. So I want to launch off. Let's get started on the teaching. I just wanted to hit those. If you missed any of those Sundays, do yourself a big favor. Go back and listen to either October 1st, the 8th, the 15th, the 22nd, and you're listening to this morning's, but you, you might want to even go back and listen to them again because next week, brother, we're taking off. We're putting a pedal to the metal, and if you haven't gotten these things down as a foundation and a base for where we're going to go for several Sundays in November and maybe beyond, then it's going to be hard for you to catch up. All right, this morning, don't settle. Are you with me? Don't settle for less. Romans chapter 5, verse 17 says this. For if by one man's offense death reigned through one, much more. Man, we 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 credit Adam with so much garbage and, and causing problems and scapegoating him. I love the way Paul said this. If you think Adam brought destruction, <laughs> if you think Adam brought a problem in it, much more. Those that receive or acknowledge what they already have, that's what receiving is. It's acknowledging what grace has already bestowed. Those that receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And here's why I want to read this verse. They shall reign in life. You got that? They shall reign in life. Don't settle. They shall reign in life. That, that's, that was Paul's position. That we are to live a life of abundance that Jesus taught. And we're to reign in life. We're not to be reigned upon. <laughs> we are, are to reign. Nothing Jesus gave us was for some kind of distant, eternal future. He gave us what he gave us so that we could live life in the now. And I realize religion has place, and probably most of you came through a lot of indoctrination, where most of what Jesus came to do has to do with the future. Getting your ticket to heaven, Uh, punching your ticket so you don't go to some imaginary place that religion created called hell. Or what Jesus did was for the minority that learned to jump through the hoops and dot all the I's and cross all the T's and be good little boys and girls and God will give you a thumbs up. Or maybe a rapture where just as things are ready to go down the drain, Jesus swoops in and saves the church. As a result of all this garbage that has gone on now for 2,000 years, we've got a lot of people that have church backgrounds have some spiritual understanding, but they're very disillusioned. They're discouraged. And they feel like what they've been told in church is an impossible lifestyle. And for the most part, it really is what you've been taught is an impossible lifestyle because you've been taught that your relationship with the Father is based, listen to me, is based on what you do, not who you be. You be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You be justified. That's who you are. That's what your identity is. Your identity is partaker of the divine nature. So the point I just want to drive down this little introduction is that we are to reign in life now and we reign through the kingdom that is within us. Jesus told the Pharisees, even pre-cross, he said, the kingdom is within you. The kingdom is to us what the garden was to Adam. It was was simply grace and goodness of God that took Adam, placed him in the garden, and everything that Adam would ever need was already supplied in the garden. Now we have, bring that over post-cross, we have a garden today. It's called the kingdom of God that is within us. What's required or what we need to do is raise (coughs) our level of awareness to the oneness that we have with the Father through the Son and the Spirit. And as you do that, the kingdom that he has placed within you is going to become very evident. You are to reign in life. I notice in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 when God created man, he said, said this, this is, this is interesting wording from Genesis 1 28. He said, let man have dominion over the fish, the fowl, the entire planet he gave to man, and he said, Let man have. He didn't say, Let man take dominion. We don't take dominion. We realize and, and, and understand that he has given us the dominion. So the fact is this the fact is this. Now, I want you to stay with me real close this morning. The fact is this we live in a kingdom that has everything for us supplied to the same level that Adam had everything supplied for him in the garden. There was nothing that Adam lacked. Nothing Adam had to do on his own. Nothing that Adam had to try to to bring into being. It was already there. It was fulfilled. It was was satisfied. So the second thing is you need to understand that this kingdom garden is within you. Now here's the rub. I talked about the rub a couple weeks ago. The kingdom is within you. Everything that God ever created to meet, every need you'll ever have has already been created. But the rub is this. It It exists in the realm of the invisible. Just because it's invisible doesn't mean that it's less powerful. In fact, the truth is this. Everything that you see had its origination in what you don't see. It did? Absolutely. Let me read you a verse from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Let me just say that again. Everything that you see had its origination, its beginning in what you don't see. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And let me read just verse 3. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. All right, I'll, here he is. So that the things which we see were not made out of things which are visible.
2: Our, our God is a spirit. Our Father is a spirit. He dwells
1: in this invisible, unseen dimension. Basically your spirit. That's why you, when, you, when, this, when this body wears out and drops, you don't die. You just transition. Your consciousness, your awareness is probably much sharper than it ever is now. This this will be like, like a dream when you dream at night. It seem, kind of seems real till you wake up. And what's going on now probably seems real till we wake up and we're gonna find out that that unseen realm, that invisible realm, is far more powerful, far more real than what we're experiencing even today. So my point is this, everything you see was brought from the realm of what you don't see. And that's, that was done by the one who created you in his image and likeness. So if he's a creator, and he's still creating today, the universe is expanding. I've read where it's expanding at the speed of light. He's a c- continual creator. If you're made in his image and his likeness, then shouldn't you also be a manifester into the scene from what you don't see? I, I, I tell you what, I've got revelation. I feel so strong about this, that the Father is leading us to a revelation that will teach us how to draw from the invisible and bring it into the scene. And when the sons of God manifest and begin to exercise this as Jesus did, Jesus fed 20,000 people with five loaves and two fish, He brought from the unseen into the seen and fed people. Jesus turned the water into wine. He didn't run out and get some boon's farm and quickly poured into those water pots. No, he brought something from the unseen to the seen. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He brought life that was no longer evident or seen or visible in the body of Lazarus. He brought that life back from the unseen and manifested in Lazarus' body. Here's the point. The supply that God gives us, this eternal, invisible, unseen realm, we could call the tree of life because that's what it is. Life, Zoe, the life of God. It's everything that he is. Genesis 2, 7, when he breathed into us a breath of life, he breathed into us his essence, his very being. And the the, the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil is always a temptation leaving us with the same need tomorrow. That's why people, people are so fearful of tomorrow because they're afraid they're going to run out of stuff, going to run out of money, going to run out of provision, going to run out of health. They're eating at the wrong tree. If you eat at the tree of life, you're endued with the life of the Father. It's kingdom life. It's life in the now. A, a kingdom awareness, a kingdom consciousness, where you begin to focus on seeking first the kingdom that is invisible, it's within you, it's real, it's powerful, is totally different than this earthly dimension that is temporary and passing, subject to change. It vacillates. It creates insecurity, fears, doubts, hesitancies. There's a difference. I like the way David said it in the Psalms. Psalm 103, verse 7. It says, he made known his ways, and I underlined ways in my Bible. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts, and I underlined acts, his acts to the children of Israel. There's a huge difference. When you live in a kingdom, there's a huge difference between knowing God's ways and God's acts. God's acts are temporary. God acted for the children of Israel. It gave them manna every morning. That was an act. And it says that his ways he taught Moses. Moses had a much, much longer view. The passageway of of grace, the finished work of the cross, unconditional love. It's opening our eyes to a greater, more complete sense. Listen to me. To a more complete sense of his ways. His ways connect us to the tree
2: of life because that is him. That is a manifestation of him.
1: It it, it hooks us to an eternal source. Now I'm going to quote a verse to you that if you ask 99% of the people that you know that are church people, ask them to quote Philippians 4.19. Some may know it from memory, but if you start it, they're all going to know it. Here's what they're going to say. Here's what Philippians 4.19 says. My God shall meet all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Ask all your Christian friends and start the verse form if you need to. My God shall supply, and they, every, 99% are going to say, My God shall supply all of your needs, plural. You
2: don't have needs, plural. Understanding that you only have
1: one need that, that, that takes us from what you can't see to the supply of what you need. And notice again, it, it didn't say needs, it said need. There's only one need that we have. Dear Jesus help us. There's Jesus take the wheel. There's only one need that we really have and that is to learn to connect to the supply. That's our only need. When we learn to connect to the supply and we move from invisible to visible, unseen to seen, I'm telling you what you you don't have a a check to write out. You have a key to the to the Vault at the bank. You got the combination to the bank vault. Most of us have been happy with just getting a check. God, meet my need today. God, meet my needs. I need a new car. I need need the rent payment. I need the car payment. I need some tuition for my kids' school. See, that's a need. I'm telling you this morning, when we learn the ways of God, we'll be able to supply that need through an abundant supply that resides within us called the kingdom. It was called the garden to Adam. It's called the tree of life. I I see it so clearly as the tree of life. So what we're trying to do, what I've tried to do since the first Sunday of October is to simply change the way that you're thinking about some things. I'm trying to change your level of consciousness because we have been like the children of Israel out in the 40 years in the the desert. They're chasing around God's axe. Want Him to do something. The ways of God says that He's already done everything that He's going to do. His ways are eternal. They're already set.
2: He's already set them into motion. I believe
1: that what we're going to begin to study next week is going to to help you to see that in large part is your choice, your decision, on what you pull from the unseen to the seen, because he has put every possibility, every combination that you could ever ask or think or pull or learn how to operate in the kingdom within, he's put every possibility out there. And I can't tell you how it's going to get to you. I can't tell you how it's going to come. But I can tell you that there are some ways that, that Jesus and the Spirit of Truth today is teaching us how we can be able to move what we already possess, everything that pertains to life and godliness, already there, unseen, created already, bring that into the dimension of seen. Every healing, every dollar, every car, every house, every provision you'll ever need has already been created. We need to change the way that we're thinking. We've got to come past that level of consciousness that the children of Israel had. And we need to begin to look at what the ways of God are. His ways, let me say it again, His ways are eternally established. He's already placed. He's already created. He's already made it so. I, I I know that raises havoc with those that are constantly seeking the acts of God. Spend hours on their knees, begging and pleading, asking God to come do something, act on my behalf. See, when you When you judge on an appearance realm, the result will be acts when you're tossed around by uh how do i want to say it the world of effects when you just see the, the results of things then that moves you and so you need god come maybe help you out the doctor says you got a disease so god you got to come you got to come heal me let me tell you something your healing is already in that invisible realm we naturally look for god to do something because that's the way we were groomed All of our life, well, you ask, seek, and knock. But asking, seeking, and knocking is not begging and pleading. It's learning to ask, to seek, to knock according to the eternal ways of God. To change what you see and the negative effects that you're experiencing, not by God coming and doing something, but learning how to meet that need through the kingdom that is within you. Seek first the kingdom, Jesus said. All these things will be added. Right there, he's telling us, you got to, you got to move into this place of, a, of an unseen. you got to begin to see with different eyes. you got to begin to have different perspective. Some of you sitting in this morning say I'm too old to I'm already set in my ways. No, it's time you change it's time you change your mind. Best is yet to come. Your life is before you. If you're still breathing air, taking up space, God has a plan for your life. Jesus said in John chapter 4 verse 32 I better read it. I want you I want you to get it exact. Sometimes I do the Keith Lee paraphrase And I look later, and I left maybe an important word or two out. As I pondered it, i kind of working around to where I'm, I'm squeezing everything I can out of it for me. He says this. Jesus said, I have food to eat that you don't know about. He's talking about what you don't see. You don't know about this, guys. Now, Here's the disciples. They bring it back into the natural. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anybody brought him something to eat? So Jesus is talking ways of God. The disciples are saying, we need to take an action. Look at, let's act. Did anybody go down to Chick-fil-A and get Jesus a a Chick-fil-A biscuit and a large Diet Coke? Anybody do that for him? Jesus isn't talking about that. Jesus said to them, my food. Now here he is. Here he's going to say, here we're going to begin to look into to that unseen. He said, my, my food is to do the will of the one that sent me and to finish his work. So Jesus is taking this entirely out of this visible realm. You, do you know what the food was actually? Here's the food. And this is what you're going to start to feed on next Sunday morning. Oh, I, I'm excited about it. His food was his communion with the Father, the awareness of oneness the alignment of their wills together. This moved Jesus. Jesus never sought the acts of God. Jesus learned the ways of God. Your Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. Wanting God to act. We've pulled that in from the Old Covenant. Wanting God to act as Old Covenant being conscious of what he has fully entirely done his ways our new covenant see we've chased the acts of God like crazy come on let's be honest I have I spent years asking God to do something that's act God come do something God come meet us God fill you fill the service with your presence I carried the presence that's the honest truth when you carry the kingdom you're a manifesting son. You're the righteousness of God. You're carrying the presence. You have an anointing, John said. And you don't need that anybody teach you. But the anointing that resides in you will teach you all things. We've chased his acts. For years, if you were a charismatic Christian, a word of faith believer, Foul Kenneth Copeland, that whole word of faith thing, and I, I did that, I learned a lot from him. But I'm telling you something. It was all about You acting, you building your faith, you confessing. And if things didn't happen, it was your fault because God's consistent, it's your fault. You didn't have enough faith. So it sends you back on the treadmill of trying to seek his actions. We didn't learn his ways. Here's the mindset of Jesus. Here's what puts you over into that mindset. I'm going to zone in on his his, uh, ways. Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. That means my ways are exhausted out. They're not fruitful. They don't help. They're They're not meeting the needs that I presently have. When you live out of the kingdom, you see that God alone, that the Father alone is your life. He's the only power. He's the only presence. And Christ is your life. I like to look at it as the Christ is us life. Learning to live as Jesus lived here's what I'm saying everything that comes from the father is spirit spirit is invisible when father God created he created first in his mind the uh, Genesis chapter 1 he goes through all this stuff God God said God said God said God said and it's not till chapter 2 Even though he said, let us make man in our likeness and let him have dominion, it wasn't until Genesis 2 he stood man up. It wasn't until Genesis 2 that the trees and everything actually appeared on the planet. What God was doing in Genesis 1 to Genesis 2, and I don't want to get into too much because I don't want to jump the gun for the next three, four weeks after this morning. God was using his imagination in Genesis chapter 1 to manifest in chapter 2. Sometimes we don't listen long enough for him to speak
2: to us. And when he speaks to it, listen, he's spirit.
1: You're essentially spirit. You are a spirit being. So when he communicates to you, it's not going to be this big audible voice with, you know, big woofer speakers where you, you just vibrate when he speaks. No, he's going to speak to you spirit to spirit. And the word that he speaks to you I want you to hold this strong because I want, you to, I want you to just let this drop in your spirit because as we move into to the next couple of weeks, this is going to be important. The word
2: that he speaks to you will not return void. I assure you of that. It will accomplish whatever he sent it to do. And what he sent it to do
1: is to meet the need that you have out of the out of his riches in glory, my God shall supply all of your need according to His riches in glory. The riches are expanse. Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one, buddy. We're we're moving into some things that you're going you need to come back and think about. Colossians chapter one verse twelve. Colossians chapter one and verse twelve says this giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Again, this is not our works, not our effort, not our religious law-keeping, rule-keeping, hoop-jumping. He has qualified us to be a partaker of the inheritance. The entirety of your inheritance is that, what Peter said, everything pertains to life and Godliness, it's your inheritance you don't enjoy an inheritance after you die you enjoy inheritance while you live and it says he has delivered us from the power of darkness verse 13 and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love so he has taken you and he has moved you out of that dimension where you need to ask for his acts all of the time anything anything that is classified as sin, darkness, death, lack, physical, emotional, financial need. He's delivered you from You don't have to ask him to act to do something about those. Physical need, emotional need, financial need, any darkness, things that hover, things that are bothering you, he has delivered you from that. That's why I say we got to change the level of our awareness, change our consciousness, begin to see as he sees.
2: If he's delivered us from it, then it has no
1: power. Lack has no power. You've empowered lack. I see this all the time. My Facebook friends, they talk about, man, I've never had any money. Never will have any money. Life is tough. Life is rough. I'm I'm, I'm sick. I'm tired. Uh, I'm not going to make it. All that stuff, what you're saying is, God, come act for me. You're not learning how to pull from an invisible kingdom. We need to learn to listen long enough for him to speak a word to our spirit that will produce what we need, what we can see, what is visible from that kingdom that is within us. I can't make this any plainer. It is all within you. Now we have to begin to get ourselves thinking in alignment with that. So we've all got to keep renewing our minds. And I've kind of danced around this this morning, but <clears throat> I've talked to you about three, four things. If you've listened the last couple of weeks, I talked to you uh, uh, about a couple of things we re- need to renew our mind to. I the ta- I first few weeks, I talked about the kingdom truth in uh, October. and Then the last, I think it was last week, I talked to you about we need to renew our mind to some things. We need to change the way we think. Let me give you two this morning. We need to change our mind and believe that God speaks continually. If you don't believe God speaks continually to you, then what we're going to get in beginning next week is not, you're, you're not going to believe it's for you. He speaks to you continually. Start in Genesis 1 3, and God said, We roll it to the back of the book, to the last chapter of Revelations, and Jesus is saying, Surely I come quickly. Every book of the Bible, every chapter, every verse, everything in between, Spirit of God speaking to you, what he sends he says to you, has it comes to this one end, this one revelation. He loves you conditionally, unconditionally. He embraces all humanity. You're created in his image and likeness, and he's brought you, embraced you into his very life. And he will never say anything contrary. He will never tell you you're unworthy, you're unrighteous, you're not going to make it, you don't amount to anything, you're not important. He will never say that. He's speaking continually to you righteousness, peace, and joy. But if you do not renew your mind to the fact that he's speaking to you continually all the time, that's why I've tried to teach you in prayer. I've I've, I've tossed so many different things, but I've tried to teach you in prayer. Don't make don't make your prayer time just an hour. And if you want to pray an hour every morning, have a set prayer time. That's fine. But I'm telling you, if you really want to build intimacy, that that m- m- food to eat, that meat to eat, that Jesus said you guys don't know anything about. It's that running conversation. It's building communion with Him. The more you build communion with Him, the more you build. Uh, where it's just a running conversation all day long. I'm telling you, the more sensitive you will become to his voice. It just works that way. If for some reason we don't renew our minds to the fact that he's speaking to us all the time and we're listening all the time and speaking to him all the time, we're going to head back to the wrong tree and we're going to eat from the tree of reason and logic and intellect and what culture has groomed us to believe is fact. And we're going to be looking for God's acts. You learn his ways through intimacy. You learn his ways through communion. That tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when you eat at that, it has built-in filters that stop the voice, at least your consciousness. He's still speaking. He never gives up speaking. But that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil has built-in filters. Let me give you two filters that the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil automatically has. People tell me, God doesn't talk to me. God doesn't talk to me. I said, his sheep hear his voice. I say he doesn't speak to me. He said, his sheep hear his voice. Are you his sheep? Yes. Then you hear his voice. Well, he doesn't talk to me. It's because there are filters that are coming through because we've lived our life at the wrong tree. The tree of life is a simple tree of response to what he says. But if you're running what he says through a filter that will convolute what he's, the message he's trying to get across, you'll never manifest what we're going to talk about, the invisible to the visible, the unseen to the seen. All right, here's, two, here's two filters that are automatic in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One is this. It's the filter of established man-made doctrines.
2: They slant. They, they
1: put a, a twist, a contortion on what God speaks. And when God speaks and it doesn't align with your doctrine, then you, don't, you blow it off. That must be the devil. Maybe it's just me. We have to put ourselves into neutral gear. I'm, I'm all about good doctrine, all about good theology and all that, but you better keep it fluid. My theology continually, continually refines itself. It's not set in concrete. I don't, you know, a Calvinist is set in concrete, Arminian is set in concrete, universalists are set in concrete. Don't get your doctrine set in concrete. Build relationship. See, theology, theology is gonna continually redefined, it's gonna it's gonna get sharper, it's gonna get clearer. We all with an open face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being changed into the same image from glory to glory. If what you're looking in that mirror is a reflection of your set in concrete religious doctrines, then you're not going to ever hear God speak outside
2: of that doctrine.
1: The second the second filter that comes from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is you limit how God can speak to you. Some of you have been hammered on this all of your life. Well, God only speaks through the Bible. That's a crock of baloney. That's a crock of baloney. Well, I need to get a word from a prophet. God speaks through, only through prophets or my covering. That is a big one. My spiritual authority, he's the one that's going to define for me. And if I take to him something I think God is saying and he says, no, that's not God, then I'm, I'm hearing wrong. No, maybe you're, maybe this covering thing needs to be lifted and blown and get gotten rid of so that you can hear yourself directly. You are a son. You are a daughter and you can hear him for yourself. You don't need Don Keithley to tell you what God says. I put a lot of stuff out here. I never have told you one time. You better believe what I tell you. I tell you better find it out for yourself. I I might stimulate some thoughts, uncover some things. That's great. I am not the end all be all. I don't want to be, nor is your covering, your pastor, the prophet,
2: or anybody else.
1: God can speak to you in a lot of different ways. All right, those are filters. Now, what amplifies the voice of God? Here's, here's what helps you to hear more easily, more correctly. Number one, when love is your only motivation, you've gotten rid of selfish. Selfishness comes from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil when you're trying to do what's best for you. You're always jockeying for position, keeping your eye out, trying to be a step ahead, sharper than everybody else. Now, listen, God take care of you. When you learn God's ways, there's enough in the kingdom. There's enough in the invisible for every person on the planet. Plus, what amplifies the voice of God is when your only motivation is love. Second thing, though, what amplifies is when you know no man after the flesh. You don't judge people anymore. You don't know what's going on with their life. You're, you're not their creator. You're not their source. Don't judge people after the flesh. The third thing is this: developing an awareness of your oneness with the Father. And I just spent about five minutes encouraging you to develop that oneness by intimacy, by communion. Do it like Jesus did. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed, for God was with him. How did how did he know which how did he know to go over to that person or that person or speak to that person? Because God was speaking to him. He was speaking to God. And, and you, you need to grab onto this. That guy down the corner has a sign up, says, uh, need a beer, why lie? Right? I, I give that guy some money. Say, well, if the Spirit promised you, give him, I give him two bucks, five bucks, ten bucks, whatever the Spirit says to do. And, and see, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil says, don't give that guy money. He's going to spend it on beer. That's not my problem. My, my part is to hear God and leave the results to him. Maybe by my just being kind and and good to that man, God's going to speak to him. Say, see, there are so there are people in the world that care about you. I I don't know how it works out. That's above my pay grade. My 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 part is to hear him and to respond. So if I go give that guy a couple of bucks, in reality, he has now received something in the tangible, in the visible, in the seen that five
2: minutes earlier he did not see. He had no idea of.
1: Now those filters, the filters, and there's, I could teach a whole, whole, whole teaching on filters. A lot of filters we have. People's opinion of us can be a filter. We don't want to hear anything that's going to be contrary to what we've been programmed to think about ourselves. Listen, you don't get rid of bad filters. What you do is you replace them with good filters. I gave you four good ones right here. Four good filters to help you to, to hear the voice of God. Just develop those. There's more of these too. Ask the spirit of truth. He'll show you. Ask him what are some other. Ask him what are some filters that are, are holding me back from hearing you precisely, correctly, and 100% accurately. He'll tell you. Ask him. Say, what, what can I do to, to develop my sensitivity to your voice? He'll tell you. He'll, you replace the bad filters with good filters. Now, when you get a word by the Spirit, and next week when we start talking about uh, manifesting from the unseen, to the seen, the, visible to the invisible to the visible, we're going to talk about that it all begins with a word from the Spirit. A word from the Spirit. And one word from the Spirit, let me tell you something. That, that's bringing from the unseen to the seen. It'll change your marriage, what you see. It'll change your business, what you see. It'll change your health, what you see. It'll change your world, every circumstance. All, you, all we need is something from the invisible that we, we learn how to move, and I'm going to teach you how to do that. I've been working with this now for five years, and I've not done a lot of teaching. I did one little series about you're a creator, but we're going to deep dive that. You need to get that word for you, you can if you believe God is always speaking, you can get a word for you and you renew your mind to that word. When he speaks a word to you, see I've told you you got to renew your mind to the fact that God's always speaking. So that when he speaks to you, you renew your mind and say that is truth right there. That's something I can grab onto. That's that's I can get a handle on that. Hearing from within moves you into what I call the is realm, the IS, the IS realm, when you
2: hear his word, whatever you need, he is, whatever you need, he's already set it in concrete, what you
1: seek him for, he already is, he's already supplied, he's already met it, so this morning, let's just renew our mind, I'm going to give you one more. But I just want us to renew our mind to the simple truth that God continually talks to you, and the word He speaks, and that you embrace. It's going to be talk about our first step next week. We're going to enhance it. You take that word as my word when He speaks it to you. Doesn't have to come through the Bible. Doesn't have to come through a prophet, pastor, covering. I'm after you developing the perception, the sensitivity that He speaks to you. Continually, and when he speaks it to you, you bring it to pass. I guarantee it; it will accomplish what it's sent to accomplish. All right, let me, one more thing. <clears throat> I got about just a couple of three more minutes that I want to teach. <sighs> Renew your mind to this fact: God's grace is working for everybody. You're not the exception to the rule. Forget that. Forget that I'm not good enough. I've failed too many times, I've fallen down, I don't think I can ever get up. Jesus Jesus put it like this in, uh, what is it, Matthew chapter 5. He said, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. The sun shines on the good and the evil. That's about as inclusive as you can get. The rain and the sun are the favor. They're the grace of God. You don't do anything to make the sun shine. You don't do anything to make make the rain fall. It's just it's a complete total work of God. And all you can do is re- enjoy the results. You got it? So the rain and the sun in reality is God speaking to you saying you're included, man. I've got you. What he what he does for one people, he'll do for everybody. There's an old song, old, old hymn, something about he walks with me and talks with me and tells me I am his own. He's done everything for us through the finished work of the cross, brought us in from death to life through his resurrection, which we co-resurrected with him. Remember, I hawk on that verse all the time, that we were born again through the resurrection, what Peter said, Born again through the resurrection. You weren't born again when you prayed the prayer. You weren't born again when you got water baptized. Those might have been the times that you awakened to it. You saw it. It became real to you. But the the fact was, it already was a done deal. See, you, you just didn't see it. You didn't perceive it. But His grace was already working for you. It's always been working in your life. Isn't that good news? Excellent news. Fantastic news. So just as you woke up, to the grace that let you know you're a child. You always were a child, born again, old things passed away. So you can see now that there are things in the unseen, invisible realm, always been yours, you haven't awakened to it. We haven't really keyed in to how to move it. And that's what what the next week's about, movement, movement, movement. What What he did for me, he'll do for you. What he did for the Pope, he'll do for you. The person you think is so spiritually mature, whatever God did for them, he's doing for you. Not will do, he's he's already doing it for you. I love how Paul said in in, uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, he said to every one of us has been given the measure of faith. We all got the same measure. What what, What enhances the measure is your consciousness, your awareness. It can grow, it can expand. To each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. You have the measure of faith. As you you start doing the things that we talk about all the time here at the Digital Cathedral, I just spent almost five weeks now getting you into a place where you now can understand more fully what he has for you, and that's what faith is. Faith faith is very simple. It's not not some mystery uh, word hard to understand. Faith is simply having a trust in the one that promised it. If he promised it, he'll do it. That's faith. Abraham believed in hope against hope that the one who had promised it was able also to do it. And God looked at it and said, I count that as faith. That's faith right there. You're being able to do it. Jesus said, that person, I've never seen so much faith in all of Israel. It's because they counted it as done and with full trust in the one that promised it. The, now, this, this is going to mess up some of you, but I, I want to shock you a little bit. The measure of faith that you have is the exact measure of faith that Jesus had. Jesus made himself of no reputation. The word's kenosis. He emptied himself out, humbled himself, became a servant. Every, everything that Jesus did, the faith that Jesus demonstrated, and the ac- actions that he demonstrated because he knew the ways of God through his faith, was, was a faith that was developed.
2: That faith stops
1: the weariness. See, when you put your trust in the one who promised it, I don't get weary trying to make it happen. I'm not trying to get my my merit badges earned up enough to where God says that guy's ready to be an eagle Christian now he's got so many merit badges. It allows the rest. It allows the intimacy. I'm not striving. Hebrews says the most work you'll ever do is to enter his rest. That doesn't mean you don't do anything. That means you cease from your labors. You cease from your efforts. You cease from trying to make it happen. His ways are not about you making it happen. His acts, to to invoke him to act, is about you trying to make him to do something. Some of you have fasted and fasted and fasted and fasted and and your ulterior motive was to get God to do what you wanted him to do when you wanted him to do it and the way you wanted him to do it and it didn't work out so well. Only thing it did, it made you hungry.
2: Allows for the rest,
1: allows for the communion, allows for you to hear His voice clearly, and for that life, that Zoe, that life of God, to just flow naturally,
2: to just be your lifestyle. Receptivity to His grace in order to live in the kingdom of God and have the communion that feeds us is the meat of. To live from the abundance of the unseen I'm going to repeat that I want you to listen
1: receptivity to his grace in order to live in the kingdom of God that is within you and have the communion the intimacy that
2: feeds us inspires us
1: is the meat to live from the abundance of the unseen All right, renew your mind this morning. God's always speaking. He's always talking to you. And number two, His grace works in everybody
2: equally, the same. It works in you. It's been given to you.
1: Jesus always, without exception, responded to the needs with a word to the person plus grace and love, and He'll do the same for you. Amen? Renew your mind to it. All right, I'm done for this morning. Please, please, please go back and review these five weeks teaching because I'm telling you, next Sunday we are going to break it down and we are going to move fast, hard, and continuous in moving the unseen to the seen, the invisible to the visible. And I want you this this would be a great time to invite some of your friends to come over to the house, have a cup of coffee, grab some donuts, and say, let's see what this Keithley guy's got to say to us about moving the unseen to the seen, the invisible to the visible. Amen? God bless you. Oh, by the way, see you Wednesday night at the Secret Place next Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Central. We're going to begin leg B of the journey that we're on, and it's going to take a while. Amen. God bless you. See you
0: then. Thanks for lending us your ears. Just a quick reminder. Our Digital Cathedral on YouTube gives subscribers the privilege of a front-row seat every week. It's a place where our collective excitement amplifies. If you're ready to give, go to donkeithley.com and click on Donate. Your continuous support propels our growth, and for that, we're immensely grateful. Don't forget to hit that follow button and spread the love by sharing this life-giving message with your friends. Have a week filled with blessings and divine encounters. Until next time, stay in grace.